Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. This is Molecules and Shit, and this is a science podcast. I'm your co-host, P-Funk, at P-Funkin' Around on Twitter. And I'm joined by your host, Koki Negra. Doctor. Sir. How has your week been? Uh, they got their money's worth out of me this week, that's all. Oh, really? They actually they actually wanted you to be a scientist this week? No. Oh. They wanted me to be a secretary, <laughs> but that's another story. Oof. Ugh, we gotta get you out of there. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what it'll take, but we just need to get you out of there. I think it takes me hitting the lottery, but that's all right. <laughs> I mean, actually, I should start playing the lottery now that I think about it. I don't need this. I don't need this this, this stress and aggravation either. Mm. But I am excited for today. Me too. Mm-hmm, because we are joined by our ratchet play cousin, June Moses. <laughs> June. Hello. June Happy, from Harlem. June from Harlem. Happy Black History Month, y'all. Oh Happy God. Black History Month. Black History Month. This, this is the worst Black History Month since I don't Ever. know when. Last we, year we had Black like Panther. Nick Rose got Black Panther. Yep. That's, tell it, tell it, brother. Tell it. <laughs> we got Black Panther. Now they said this is your new <laughs> Black History Month. Mm. This is the new normal for y'all now. Mm. Wakanda has blackface. Yeah, I think we just need to contract Ryan Coogler to produce a great black epic every year just to just to counteract all the other shenanigans that happened in February. So every well, year we no, got that to look forward to. He doesn't have to do it by himself. We can have Jordan Peele do some of it. That's true. And, That's true. you know, we, Ava can do one. Like, we have to juggle them so that they're not all overstressed. You know what? It would be awesome if Jordan Peele came on Twitter and said, you know what? This Black History Month has been rough. I'm moving up us two weeks <laughs> just to give y'all some joy. <laughs> oh, that would be much appreciated. I'm afraid to watch that movie. I, I have to watch that movie with somebody and then they have to come home with me. I, I Mm-mm. Oh, that that movie. The uh, promo has disturbed me. I'm sorry. The exactly. promo has disturbed me. I don't know. I don't, look. I don't want to look at myself. I cover my my mirrors like I'm sitting shiver. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> what is this? I'm with you on that. I just if you that, that scared the hell out of me. If you had told me ten years ago that I got five on it would scare the shit out of me, I'd be like, what? <laughs> what is you on? That one hit wonder bullshit. Now every time I hear that beat, dum dum, like oh shit. <laughs> There's a group of people out there that Moments of Love does the same thing. There's always a song. There's mm-hmm. always one song that you thought it was nice and someone made it very not so nice. Oh, God. But yes, I am still Thank looking you, for Thank you, Jordan. hmm Somebody helping us out. But yes, <laughs> but yes, we're joined by June from Harlem, who's taking time out of her preciously tight schedule. Now she's on another podcast. You want to tell the people about that? Oh, yeah, I do Sunday Civics with L. Joy Williams yes. and our other co-host, Larie Daniel Favors. She's a lawyer. Oh, okay. And we I've been listening to it and enjoying it, and it's highly informative. And so what's the thrust of the, the show for for the listeners? Um, the show was created by L. Joy Williams so that uh, civics can be accessible. If you've noticed over the past 20 years, civics has been lacking in school. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. everybody, and I hate to use this euphemism, they like to eat the sausage, but they're not sure how it's made. Mm-hmm. So L. Joy created this show to so that you can learn to move the levers of power yourself because don't let things just happen to you. Be an active participant. Get civically engaged and take civic action. Yeah, I, I did. You like that? That was good, right? That is an excellent elevator speech. I must say. I used, I used to do like voiceovers and stuff way back in the day. I've had like thirty lives. I'm fifty. Oh my god! I need. You know what? I need to like craft an elevator speech for molecules and shit, so I can just spit it out that pro. You know, 
prolifically like as you did. I have dedicated myself to being a good bra. I will support any and all endeavors that L. Joy Williams does because I believe her to be extremely brilliant. Mm -hmm. She gives up like free strategy every Sunday. And I hope people are picking this up because they can literally turn around and make money on the things that she's giving out for free every Sunday. Oh, my God. And and I mean, I wish, the, I wish the Democratic Party would hire her because if the Democratic Party really wanted to turn the tide in the next 10, 15 years, they don't need to like focus on tax plans or health care. They need to talk about at, like voter suppression and civic education those two things alone would go a long way towards you know pushing their agenda uh i have a theory about that but because i respect everyone i'm just not going to say nothing all i'm going to say is northam had blackface so what do we really expect to a certain extent people like their power and they don't like to give it up freely so you have to learn how to work the mechanisms and mm. luckily every single Sunday I sit there and I learn something new about a lot of things that can be worked in a different way and she's always given different organizations different places that if you're not the builder from the beginning like Feminista Jones like from the ground up then you can find some place to jump in and lend your voice and put in your energies and efforts and hopefully more and more people instead of getting woke they're awake yeah and I, th I mean, I really do feel like, you know, people leave out that part of, you know, citizenship is it's a, there's a duty to it, too. It's not just a matter of you just, you know, marching up there once a year or once every other year to go vote. You have to do spend some time to read a few things. You have to meet your representatives. You know, you got to put in some work, some sweat equity. Yeah, she does believe in bringing out the historical context because some days it does feel like people act like things just happen in a vacuum, like it mm -hmm. just sprouted up and we have no idea how we got here. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the historical context, you're like, wait a minute, we've not only been here before, but there was somebody before us who showed us how to actually make this different and let's try and not just throw the baby out with the bathwater, but maybe we need to build upon what was there first. Mm -hmm. So again, some of these younger people need to sit down and open your ears more and shut your mouth a little bit. Yeah. How about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We Cause talk I hear you, but understand generation X gave you that ability to get out here and holler the way that you do, because you know what? Us generation X sisters got slapped down, put in our place and a few other things. And now y'all shouting so loud. You don't even want to hear what we're trying to tell you, Ooh. but God bless you. And that's why it's on Sunday, because it, it's church. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we, that's my church. That's not like Sunday service church, because June is an independent contractor, mm. and I'm special. Yes, you are. <laughs> and we do talk about that all the time on our show, about expertise and how little it's respected and understood, that people who actually put in the time to properly you know, educate themselves and learn things and read things and actually create knowledge, those people should be listened to and not just, you know, because you watched a news segment or, you know, read one newspaper article, are you equal to that expert? Yeah, but doing those kind of thing means that you have to think, you have to then explore yourself. And then if you, like I just said, don't like looking at yourself, you might find things that are ugly. You might find things that you have to change. And the one thing that human beings across the board don't like is change. We don't mind it in our pockets, but God knows we don't like it in our life. Mm, I will confess, I also do not like change. I'm working on it, but I, I still don't like it. I appreciate it. I understand it, but I, I don't like it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Mm -hmm. Hey, scientist. Hey, boo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what, uh, when you're not podcasting with um, L. Joy Williams, what else are you doing, June? Um, doing assistant with L. Joy Williams uh, here in my buildings. We have a tenant association, so I'm an executive on the board of that. Mm. Um, 
I still can't go down the street without somebody coming to me telling me their crisis story and then me sitting down with them strategically trying to figure out how to get their fanny out the fire. Because a lot of us do things and our crisis stories fire and you go, but it was racism. And even if that is an underlying cause, that won't get your fanny out the fire. So let's set that aside and figure our best way to get your fanny out the fire. And I have a 89 percent success rate. Hmm. So you're still ratchet ass activist is what you're trying to tell us. Hmm. I tried to run away from it. I even built a wall. Guess what? (laughs) It climbed right on over it and still got me. So what? It didn't work. It wall didn't work. It was in. It was ineffective. I tried. I even put up the barbed wire, and you know what? It made not a difference at all. But I was told by Apple Care that walls are the the pinnacle of protection. Apple Care is a liar. Oh, who you telling? There are some other things that are lies, but we'll get into that as we get into the science, won't we? Yes, and we are ex- also excited to have you on the show because we frequently have to calm June down on Twitter because she goes, she likes to go to uh, Dr. Koki Negra whenever anything in the news she finds frightening and doesn't quite understand. I saw outbreak. I know that outbreak, outbreak monkeys are real mm-hmm. and we could all die. I need to understand, people to understand that this playing like we don't understand science right now is going to kill us all. Mm-hmm. Tell them scientists. Yeah. I just... I just would like you to promise me that you will not run in circles during the course of this podcast. Mm. It keeps me in shape. It just keeps me in shape. Yeah, I, I get that. But just just during the podcast, you can run as soon as we're finished, but no running right now. I mean, Can I give out a blood-curdling scream? I mean, I feel I'm like that's appropriate sometimes. You. Don't worry about it. I feel like that might be the only thing you can do sometimes. <laughs> in 2019, <laughs> that, that's just all you can do. That is the diagnosis. Yes, yes. It's just, yes, just let okay. it out. But I've tried to select stories that are less scary, unless you have some that you'd like to share with us, June. But for the most part, I think it's just going to be, um, I tried to put together some some fun little quick hits for us to talk about. Uh, interesting okay. things that I've stumbled across and some interesting things that the listeners have stumbled across. Uh, okay. Let's... Can I ask a question, though, of oh, yeah. the scientist? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, I'm not even going to get into anti-vaxxers and all these other things that's like really scary right now. All I want to know is how do people get genital gangrene? Okay. What, what is that? How does it happen? And what I'm I'm a scared I'm I'm afraid for my lady parts. I'm afraid now. So what where did this come up? I know exactly where she got this and <laughs> Why don't you tell him where you found this? Okay, because I watch a lot of television. I was born, I'm an, I'm an, I came of age in the 80s. There was a lot mm-hmm. of TV. I watch a lot of television. And those little commercials with the lawyers who are like, call us if you took this drug and you have gangrene in the <gasps> genitals. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. What? What, is this? what was this supposed to be helping? And why are their genitals having gangrene? Is it really that bad? Oh, God. Well, Help I, me. I have no jokes. I just need to hear the answer. possible if you wind up getting infected with a special kind of bacteria so we talk about bacteria a lot and you guys know about e coli and you know about salmonella well there's a whole class of bacteria that grow in the absence of air so they're called anaerobes Mm -hmm. and you don't think you know but when you get a tetanus shot you're trying to protect yourself from a clostridium tetani which is an anaerobe okay um 
there are certain kinds of many many of the bacteria in your your GI tract are anaerobes, and you can think about it this way: the best way to consider what an anaerobe is like is it stinks. Oh, okay. Okay, so that bad smell you always that's usually an anaerobe. So if you wind up with an infection with an anaerobe, it does not grow very well on intact skin um, on the surface because there's too much air. So you typically, like if you think about tetanus, the, the, the explanation that they always tell you is you stepped on a rusty nail. Yeah. And the reason why you think about it that way is because the nail can penetrate and now you're in a, in a situation where the bacteria is inside and they produce a fair number of proteins that lower the oxygen um, content at the site of the womb. Oh, I so see where this is going. I don't like it. Now they can grow quite well. And one of the nasty things that anaerobes tend to produce um, are a lot of toxins and gangrene is actually a result of that. So you're basically the, the, the um, tissue around where the infection is starts to die off. <gasps> and there's no way to bring it back you have to cut it away okay. oh my god now just to, so, just just to put it in I perspective can't believe I, you made me start the show with this Julie. I, I presume anyway. i presume that the rusty nail is not the cause of this please and don't put and don't be jabbing your genitals with rusty nails people what that it's 2019 well, june we can't really put nothing past nobody <laughs> all it really it is really required is that you break the skin I mean, obviously. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and this, it's actually called Fournier's gangrene. <gasps> Who is Fournier and why does he have gangrene named after him? And I know it's a him. It has to he be. Was a, he was a French venereal disease specialist <laughs> who <laughs> described it in the 1880s. <laughs> Because I'm dope like that. The people need to know. We demand an explanation. All you hear about is that president who sucks all the air out of the room. And these are the important, important topics. June with the important critical issues of the day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Hello. What else is more important? Pray tell. Oh, my God. Tell me what's more important. Rising prices at the supermarket. Ebola. Mm. I feel like if you had a choice of things to suffer through, um, I'd rather suffer through the expensive groceries. Thank you. I'll take that for five hundred, Alex. Yeah, I would Can not like the gangrenous genitalia. From the gangrenous <laughs> no, no, you had to finish out the explanation now. Yeah, you ha- how did this to relate to, to medication? Yes, exactly. Thank you. Don't scratch. Oh. Well, mm, Wait, what? but I scratch like dynamite. <laughs> I see men scratching just walking down the street, going to the store to the expensive ass supermarket. So are you telling me they're all like gangrene genital yeah. possibly having people? I know. Black right. dynamite. Yeah. I scratch my genitals in the community. What is happening? Are you scratching your genitals now? I mean, I may have been a few minutes ago, but. Wow. Wash your hands. Well, I'm wearing clothes. Thankfully. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's okay. That's acceptable. Yeah. Wash a lot. Don't have an underlying. Uh, infection, uh, an underlying disease, you know, mm. don't be so free with your genitals, get to know your partners better. <laughs> uh, all this, all the kind of stuff that you need 
to avoid getting a sexually transmitted infection. This is just a sexually transmitted infection, basically. Okay. Wait, hold on. So this is a, oh. Let's move along, because now I'm completely grossed out, and I'm going back to be a virgin. You started this. Okay, Don't blame I, me. You ask the question, I give you the answer, now you're upset. So Just I, like a Republican in science. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's so, I just feel like it's it's also my role to kind of break down in simplest terms what just occurred. So it sounds like what you're saying is if you choose your partner poorly, your dick could fall off. I, is that what I heard? That's what I heard. <laughs> well, yeah. But wow, usually, I thought that was an old wives' tale. Okay, good to know. No, but usually, I mean, this is not something that you would expect to find um, if you're young and healthy. But if you have underlying infections, you know, if you're diabetic, if you have COPD, you know, if you're having problems with lots of oxygen in your body, like if you have poor circulation, this is probably more likely to happen to you. Mm. But just... Be careful with with your friends down there. That's all. Mm, that's the good advice. That's the moral of the story. Be careful with your little wiener. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Okay, you're not allowed to ask any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm sorry. I think that was I thoroughly this informative. Was a good idea that we would we would have questions from the audience, and you know, sometimes we want to talk about things that are a little bit esoteric, so we wanted to throw it out there and find out what our, what our listeners wanted. And now I'm sorry. I'm having a great time. This is a public I'm service. I'm enjoying this immensely. I mm-hmm. don't understand the problem. What do you do? You want science to be inaccessible to us regular people? Is mm-hmm. that what's happening? Do you? you want to talk about people having gangrene and their junk? Well, no one does. That's the problem. Yes, and then it happens, and then it falls off, and then people are crying and suing. We can we can clear the courts. Yeah, and right make, making commercials on daytime TV. Exactly. See, look, look mm. at this. Mm-hmm. Look how you help in society. We boo. saved lives. We saved at least five lives just in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Clean your S and M rooms well. Thank you. And we're about to have some save some more lives because this next story I found I was, thought was very interesting. The cause of Alzheimer's could be coming from inside your mouth, study claims. In recent years, a growing number of scientific studies have backed an alarming hypothesis. Alzheimer's disease isn't just a disease, it's an infection. While the exact mechanisms of this infection are something researchers are still trying to isolate, a litany of papers argue the deadly spread of Alzheimer's goes way beyond what we used to think. Now scientists are saying they've got one of the most definitive leads yet for a bacterial culprit behind Alzheimer's, and it comes from a somewhat unexpected quarter, gum disease. So just on his face, how how does that sound to you? Does that make any kind of sense? Okay, so I don't know how you managed to do this. So for for those of you who listen, we don't usually make the docket together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes P-Funk happens to find stuff that I know really well, but he doesn't know I know these things really well. Mm -mm. I'm really just like, ooh, that's interesting. And then I Porphyrmonas gingivalis was the the model organism that the chairman of my graduate degree uh, department worked on. Oh, so I just randomly happen to know a lot about Porphyrmonas. Ooh, excellent. And um, he was hinting at this some 25 years ago, but this isn't. This has progressed quite a bit. Mm. You know, he sort of had the idea. I I don't know that it was his idea um, initially, but I certainly heard it from him Mm -hmm. that they thought, you know, what we should be concerned about in dental disease 
was that it led to other things. And so he was already kind of formulating that this may be an issue. Hmm. So um, how would that get, should I read further? Do you have an idea like how that mechanism would work? Well, no, you go ahead and read further. It'll explain. Okay. So uh, in separate experiments with mice, oral infection with the pathogen led to brain colonization by the bacteria together with increased production of amyloid beta, the sticky proteins commonly associated with Alzheimer's. So it's, it's clear to think we have a strong line of investigation here. Infectious agents have been implicated in the development and progression of Alzheimer's disease before, but the evidence of causation hasn't been convincing. Now, for the first time, we have solid evidence connecting the intracellular gram-negative pathogen P. gingivalis and Alzheimer's pathogenesis. Now, break that down for us. Um, what are you missing? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like he's saying if you don't brush your teeth, you could get Alzheimer's. Is that what he's saying? Um, well- that's how the I read it. The plaque in your mouth moves to the plaque in your brain. Is no, that no, what that is? No, it sounds no, like no, if you have funky no, breath, no. you about to get real stupid when you get old. No, 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 stop. No. Oh, okay. Um, huh? That's what I heard. Did you hear that, June? That's what I heard. That's what I pulled from it. And again, I'm just regular. Thank I you. I say it from the top of the mountains. I am regular. So if I got this wrong, please explain it to me because, you know, I don't want my genitals to fall off. That too. I want my brain to go to mush. I'm sure that's connected as well. But go ahead, Cookie Nigger. Plaque on your teeth mm-hmm. is not the same thing as plaque in your brains. That's the first thing. Okay. Second thing is many bacteria have something we call tissue trophism. That is, they prefer certain kinds of cells in the body. Okay. All right. And so, you know, we, we look at this sort of like, oh, it's a dental thing. But we've been finding for years now that poor oral hygiene can lead to all kinds of stuff. Um, and it's not really that much of a stretch. We had a, a young child here not maybe five years ago who wound up basically with a brain infection because he had an abscessed tooth. I think I've heard that story a couple of different times, like not the same patient, but different patients where an infection of some kind in the tooth or the jaw progressed to the brain and it leads to either death or some serious, you know, severe surgery. Right. So we know that it's it's fairly easy for oral infection or oral bacteria to wind up elsewhere in the body and, you know, wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but what it looks like is whatever the bacteria is producing is making it more likely for you to have beta amyloids be increased and that's what we see in alzheimer's Mm. okay so they said that they found what looks like more evidence of actual direct causation so are they saying that literally the bacteria propagate in your mouth and then they kind of find their way or float their way up to your brain and then leave their residue? Is that what's causing Alzheimer's? Well, they don't know that. What they're saying is they see a strong correlation. Um, Remember, we're scientists. We only say what we can prove. They Mm. can't prove this. But they feel, okay, so this is is coordinated by some pharma startup, which means they're putting their money behind it. That tells me they think 
that this is this is the mechanism of action. But they don't know that for sure. Mm. And is it possible that this is just one of many causes of Alzheimer's, or do you think like this might be the primary driver? Or, or is that clear from this article or from the research you've read? It's not. It's not clear that um, it's the primary driver. It's only clear that it, it may play some role. Mm. Now, the other thing that you, you should think of in terms of oral care is that this isn't the only bacteria in your mouth. Oh, okay, so true. this is mm-hmm. the first one that they seem to be able to connect to Alzheimer's. Doesn't mean it causes it, but it seems uh, highly likely that it has some role in it. Hmm. So should we be including maybe dental care and general health care? Because, you know, I I don't know. We always should have. Yeah. But a lot of insurance, they have that as like an extra piece you have to pay extra for. So also, is is a toothbrush company going to step up and sponsor this show? Because you're saving lives again. Here we go. Oral B should step in and put some cash on it. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. That's 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 what I'm saying. Come Mm -hmm. on now. See, I'm a good bra. I support. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I think, you know. We, we now have a wealth of evidence that oral, poor oral hygiene is an issue. Like people who um, have had heart attacks, they frequently, when they go to the dentist, they will have to take antibiotics before they have a cleaning because what you don't want is that oral flora winding up in your, in your heart mm. valves or especially people who have, who have, um, um, I guess they're not really plastic, but if you've if you've had a valve replaced, they're very careful about that because those oral bacteria can wind up growing on your heart valves and that'll carry Ooh. you away pretty quickly. Ooh. I'm sorry. Can we just go back to the point that you just made that is there like a specific situation outside of those two that people should, should it be like a regular thing to get an antibiotic before you get your teeth clean? Because I'm going to tell you right now here in the ghetto that mm. don't happen. Mm. Um, no, it is not a regular thing. It's the okay. kind of thing that you only do if you've mm-hmm. already had a heart attack or you have heart trouble or you have some underlying issue. Okay, but no, scared. not not for everybody. Oh, mm. I was getting ready to go around. See, you just saved my dentist because I was getting ready to go around there after this and go give him hell. Though you yeah. ain't give me no what 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 mm-hmm. you trying to give me a heart disease? Oh my god! And then I would have burnt down the place and the police would have to come. Thank you. And that would have that would have been justifiable. But didn't we? Didn't we just agree you would not be running in circles during the course of the podcast? Just in her de- in her defense, she said she was going to burn burn, burn the building down. But yeah. and this was after the show. I don't know. You're selectively hearing. Are you a Republican? <laughs> but I, to, to get to get back to reality, I am interested to see like if this progresses, and once it does progress, this research, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. dentistry or dental coverage is going to become more like an integral part of health coverage, if that's going to be covered by insurance companies, because it might be in their interest as well to cover certain conditions or to make sure that they uh, help pay for, you know, certain cleanings or certain procedures to prevent, you know, further costs down the line. When mm-hmm. has the insurance company ever felt that it was in their interest to cover more stuff? I'm mm. starting to hear that y'all are making an argument for universal health care. Is that what I'm hearing here? I, I agree. And I think it should include dentistry because it always gets left out because it's always seen as sort of um, aesthetic. Like, oh, you just want to, you know, have a nice smile. But really, uh, it's actually there's some medical you know, need that that's needed there. So yeah, it, it's always been that. But I think that if you can tie this to Alzheimer's, I think it winds up making a more clear case, and more people believe 
that, oh, I could get Alzheimer's mm -hmm. rather than, you know, oh, just brush your teeth. I, I shouldn't have to pay for, for that. Exactly. With my premium. Exactly. So I, I think, you know, there are there's a reason why the Cancer Society has so much money because everybody feels like they know somebody who's had cancer and they, they regardless they're of wealth, to give their money. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for those of us who grew up with with relatively decent health care. I mean, my father was a steel worker, so I had the Cadillac of plans. Mm. I was covered till I was 25. I was Ooh. in graduate school. I was still covered. So, um, you know, obviously I, I didn't have any problems with that. I had, I had a great dentist and I went regularly, <laughs> you know, so it, it seems like a stretch for me that, you know, there will be so many people who don't have it, but there are so many people who don't have dental coverage. Mm. Well, hopefully that'll change in the future. That might be the next thing after universal health care is universal teeth cleanings. But Okay, so we're going to be 100 when that happens. I would, I well, would, no, if there are any activists out there now, here you go. You can be a lobbyist for your community. Here's a point right there. You can start putting together your plans and calling up your local elected officials and start from the bottom, work your way up. Get those plans out there. How do you think it happens? What do you think the Heritage Foundation is doing? They're writing it and submitting it. Get to work. Look at this synergy. Mm. Got the science knowledge, and then you got the activism to put, you know, pull the levers and make it happen. I like this. Mm -hmm. right, so before, we, before we leave uh, Porphyrmonis, I would like to say hello to my old chairman, Frank Macrina, who is also the guy who wrote the book on scientific ethics that we talked about last year. So Frank Macrina is like the king of Porphyrmonis Gingivella. So thank you. Oh, shout out. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. I won't have like Alzheimer's because I brush my teeth. Yeah, I love Frank Macrina. I so, wouldn't have gotten a PhD if it hadn't been for him. I feel like my toothbrush and Listerine purchases should be covered by my health insurance now. Yes. I think yes. that would make the most sense. Mm -hmm. Time for us to lobby. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. So when I go to yeah, Costco and get my four that. pack. I just catch the toothbrush when it's on sale. I have. Hundreds I mean, of toothbrushes. that's you taking your life in your hands. Me, Listen, I, I prefer to see, be proactive. You have mm -hmm. the ability to afford that, ma'am. I mm -hmm. feel like you're leaving out a whole group of people. You realize these people are making a permanent underclass. So what are those people going to do, ma'am? Huh? Exactly. Huh? That's they your just privilege talking. Sale too. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't pay full price for my toothbrushes. My point is, you have money to make a purchase. See, that's what happens when you have bootstraps, ma'am. You mm -hmm. forget about those of us who don't have boots. And speak you know, I will jettison you <laughs> right now. I mean, technically, she added you to the call. She can't do that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but speaking of money and bootstraps, uh, there was one enterprising individual in our next story. Uh, his name is Luca Mangeriano. Uh, his first, he's first robbed a bank. That was his first mistake. And, and then his second mistake was his choice of getaway vehicle, which are these goddamn electric scooters. Are you all familiar with these electric just scooters? It was laying right there on the sidewalk because you know these people don't put it in a dock or nothing. They can oh, give a damn if you got to get on the sidewalk God. and it's just laying there. How many times have I nearly like destroyed my axle with one of these fucking scooters <laughs> just laying in the goddamn street? Have you seen these, Koki? Of course. I work at DuPont Circle. They're oh, everywhere. Oh, my God. And I, what I hate the most is not like the, the snooty, like, you know, youngster that's sipping down the sidewalk, like, you know, with his latte in his hand. What annoys me the most are like the older people who think that they're cool and are wobbling in the middle of the street, nearly killing themselves and other people. 
because there's no like license to ride these things. They're not required to wear helmets. They can ride them up and down the sidewalk. But it's just like there's no regulation of it. What can we do about that, June? You just said a regulation. If you've been injured, if you've been harmed, or you know someone who does, you start there, and then you start to organize around the issue. And again, you go and you go to your local alderman or whatever and talk about how this is a problem in your community, and you get meetings, and you start to push the issue because people are getting hurt, and there could be regulation. And with, through that regulation, you can also show how some of the monies that will be raised, because everything is about money, mm. can be right, redirected into things like school, blah, 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 yada, yada. But again, those people with the scooters believe they're saving the earth and because they're holier than thou they can do these things but that's my personal opinion sorry mm. no i also agree that these scooters are a plague but let's talk about this guy luca so okay. aside from the fact that the silicon valley imports top out at 15 miles per hour these scooters police have begun to realize that they're also something approaching a digital fingerprint on wheels hmm. here's the science and social aspects weaving together uh, turning a rental scooter on, as regular users know, requires a rider to use an app that contains their phone number, email address, and credit card information. <laughs> you, you'll probably be unsurprised to learn that these are the kinds of personal details that make it easy for police to track down criminals and innocent black people. Uh, just over a month after his alleged crime, uh, Mondriano was arrested and charged with robbery by threat. Uh, this was a learning experience for me and the robbery unit, Detective Jason Chipardi of the Austin Police Department said. We had never had a scooter involved in a robbery. One of the first things I learned was that every scooter has its own design based on their decals and other specific differences. The December 18th incident began when the 19-year-old entered BBVA Compass Bank in downtown Austin and handed a teller a note demanding cash, police said. Authorities declined to say how much money was stolen. But Fox 7 Austin reported that police said the note included specific instructions. Uh, this is a robbery. Please give me all your hundreds and fifties in an envelope and everything will be OK. Once the employee gave him the cast, Mangiriano left the bank, police said, leaving the police a trail of electronic breadcrumbs waiting to be plucked from the cloud. He literally walked out the bank with an envelope of stolen money and hopped on his little ass scooter and scooted away. It's the whitest robbery I ever heard in my life. I guess it's the little Italy in Austin, maybe. Maybe. I just, wow. Okay, so first of all, we should have known this, but I'm still surprised. You have a digital footprint for everything. I mean, mm -hmm. but why was this kid, so, like, he's only 19, but mm. it seems like he, if you get a getaway car, sometimes you leave it and you get a different getaway car. Mm -hmm. He didn't think to like get off this scooter and hop on the subway or something <laughs> my my the weird thing to me is that he legally procured his illegal means of escape why not just steal a bicycle and then dump it <laughs> you could actually go faster than a scooter especially well, see, if you have an envelope today, of cash these kids today they just they don't know how to plan a crime i guess clearly but yeah i just was i was the reason why I put this on the, the science show is because literally every time you swipe your card or you scan your phone, you are leaving a complete digital path of everything that you did that day. And there's not really a way that you can get around that. I mean, it's just, yeah, you can pay cash. That's, <laughs> that's what you can uh, do. I mean, you can pay cash, but a lot of things you 
you just can't do with cash. You can't like pay your bills with cash. That requires a check or a credit card of some sort. Like most people don't walk into the Verizon store and pay their phone bill in cash. Yeah, most people don't, but it's possible. Mm, I suppose. I'm anti-cash, but that's just me personally. I don't like having uh, notes in my wallet that if lost or stolen, now I'm just out money. How do you feel, June? What What is your position on this? June? Did June mute herself? Oh my god, did we lose June? Now. Okay, so we had a few technical difficulties. Apparently there was a... Uh, Un, you know, uneducated or unexperienced uh, technician out June's way. <laughs> Gremlins <laughs> caused some uh, some some chaos on her block, but she's back now. <laughs> and we were just talking about how us leaving our digital fingerprints, financial fingerprints everywhere, is going to destroy us all. Pretty much. You know, we talked to Baratunde on one of our shows about a about a, a data detox and all the things that he talked about and how we're being monitored six ways from Sunday and don't even realize it. Because like with those scooters, it's like the city bike. You got to use your credit card to even undock those things or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Not just your credit card, your phone number and email address connected to your credit card. All that. So if you want to be like a criminal, you have to create all those things fake before you can go and be a criminal and get that scooter or that city bike. That's a lot of extra to be a criminal, right? Well, just don't use a digital scooter. I mean, walk. Honestly, he would have been. Buy he probably would have got away if he walked. With cash. <laughs> buy one with cash. No one will ever find you. You can't rent a scooter with cash. Oh, you mean buy, just buy the scooter. Buy the scooter yeah, with that's cash. True. That's true. Because they literally, the police pulled up his digital map of the day and said, oh, he lives there. And then just went and got him like they were going shopping. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And then That's I, not even a good one. That's not even. I would have got away with it if it wasn't for these kids. It's not even one of those. That's just he's dumb. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and mm -hmm. Koki was saying we can avoid a lot of this, the, these digital fingerprints and these digital traps by just spending cash. And I said, I am anti-cash because I'm sick of just walking around with paper in my pocket. It's the 21st century. We live in the future. I'm sorry, the no. We'll catch you by the police pretty easily. Or with your pants down when they shut it all down and decide, oh, because you spoke out against XYZ, you can't touch your money. Now what? When your little card don't work. You better uh, put something under your mattress, son. I don't know about that. Yeah, but I mean, I think some of some of that is quite valid. Like I so you you guys know that I'm a salsa fan and I'm a big fan of Willie Colon and one time he told us the story that he he's old school so he wants his money before he gets on the plane to go and and give whatever concerts he's doing mm -hmm. and he was going to Latin America so he got a large transfer from whoever the the promoter was for the the tour he was doing down there and the bank saw the money and said it came from Latin America you must be a criminal and they just took his money Oh yeah, that the the Treasury Department has some weird regulations when it comes to international transfers, and people you know couch it in terms of you know the drug war and you know preventing um, money laundering. But a lot of people get caught up in that because, like you said, people can. If you're a contractor, you do provide a service, and sometimes it may be over ten thousand dollars. But you did yeah, that but work. The and the thing is, this is a really famous guy. <laughs> Not mm. just random. 
<laughs> do you really think the the the, the monkey behind He's a the computer brown person? Yeah. How dare he have that kind of money sent to him? Brown person who speaks another language, you foreigner. Let me build that wall. Give me that money. I, I've been to the Treasury Department. I can tell you the cultural makeup there. The person behind that laptop did not know who Willie Colon was and didn't uh, bother to Google it. That person could Google. I mean, no, they like, didn't. They didn't have the to. The story, the story, just made me so angry. Like, of course, he was furious, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have the best temper in in the world anyway. But uh, also, the the language he speaks is English because he's from the Bronx. Mm. <laughs> but you, the person at the computer saw Cologne. All they saw was somebody who's brown who doesn't speak English. And how dare they get this money? They must know El Chapo. We taking this yep. money. They saw yeah, Cologne one time transaction twenty k. Mm-hmm. I get it, but this is like not knowing who Stevie Wonder is. Like, <laughs> um, isn't he the guy who makes bread? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, that's not that surprising. I don't put stop nothing past nobody. That's it. Both of y'all, stop talking to me. You, <laughs> I'm sorry, Koki. You need to understand the country you live in, and there are large segments that probably would have to stretch to remember who Stevie Wonder is. How can a New Yorker mm-hmm. not know Willie Cologne? <sighs> I mean, how can out there in Brighton Beach who have no idea what you are talking about? How can an educated person vote for Donald Trump to be president of the United States? Come on now. Um, educated people didn't vote. That's what <laughs> because I'm they saying. wanted this tax money. They That's... knew what they didn't care about the racism. They wanted that money. Son. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew that they wanted to pay more taxes? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the strange thing. Oh no, the brokies, they voted for racism, so they just gotta pay now. See, racism costs. Oh that's yep. the oh that's the ch- okay. That makes sense then. Payment so for services the rendered. Gotta pay. Mm-hmm. The Richie Riches didn't care about the racism. They wanted that money and he wants to be part of their gang because for many years people like Bloomberg and then wouldn't let him come to twenty one or to the parties. So mm-hmm. now he's like trying to buy their friendship and their love. And you can't yep. buy love. And if you grew up around him, you understand all this. He was on the news on New York TV all the time. We know who he is. Just the rest of the country didn't have any idea. No, the they rest of the country knew. Here. He was a punchline. But I did hear a fellow coworker who was who I thought was educated and rather intelligent say at some point during 2016, I mean, but he is a good businessman. And I didn't bankrupt four times as a good business. I didn't really speak to them anymore after that. I was do like, they know oh, okay. about arena football? I mean, even if you don't, if you watch sports, there was a whole like documentary on how he destroyed a whole football league. Marketing is a hell of a drug. I'll say but that. Wait a minute, mm-hmm. he lost money in a mm-hmm. casino mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in Atlantic City when nobody else had gambling in any state in any direction. That, how is that, the house always wins? How could uh, don't get me started. because on The Apprentice everyone listened to him like he was a financial guru. So marketing is a hell of a drug. I'll say that. A lot of the 2016 was about marketing, but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there science wise. But uh, yeah, so I guess I need to consider carrying more cash. I'll take mm-hmm. that into consideration. Probably won't though because I I just don't like handing mm-hmm. over dirty dirty I beg money to differ though uh that is scientific madison avenue is very scientific because they yes, sell they us are. stuff that's yeah. extremely mm. scientific y'all need to do a show son mm. we need to find an appropriate guest who can speak it. on it someone uh, maybe like a psychologist or 
Well, if you know somebody, you make sure you let us know, and we'll mm. talk to them. Yes, or if y'all know, yet, write into to the show here and let them know if you're that person so you can speak to it. And then come on Sunday Civics and explain to people why it, when they're meet, met with something that doesn't meet their values or what they made their mind upon, they push back hard mm. and stand wrong and wrong. Anyway, I'm sorry. Back to the docket. I'm sorry. I'm crazy. Mm. Well, actually, I did hear, um, I forget what I was listening to. Um, oh, actually, I remember now. It was a podcast um, about uh, pyramid schemes. Like the whole podcast about pyramid schemes, and they were talking about why people get wrapped in, up in them when everyone knows exactly what a pyramid scheme is. And they said a lot of it is chasing after sunk costs. So you kind of get got by accident, and then you realize that you got got, and that it's a pyramid scheme. And so you clutch even harder because you don't want to admit to yourself or to any of your friends and family that you got got. <laughs> We're all going to die. And that's what a lot of it is. And I, fe- I heard that. And the first thing I thought was, oh, 2016, that's what's happening. <laughs> as soon as they voted and they realized that they got got, they couldn't let go. They couldn't say, oh, yeah, you were right. I was wrong. They had to just clutch and say, no, no, he is good at this job. He's getting better. And I was like, oh, that's why we're never. That's why 2020 is going to be worse. Got it. Uh, the double down is coming. Watch for it. But <laughs> but yes, anyway. More science. Um, I saw this and I immediately thought about some of my uh, type A personality friends. Um, There is a scientific reason why you always overcommit to future plans. Cocaine? (laughs) That's part part two. I mean, that might might be up there. (laughs) But uh, so this is uh, one of the, this is an opinion piece written in uh, Business Insider. But uh, you check your calendar for the following workday and you see that you have a call scheduled from weeks ago when you were busy and overwhelmed and you couldn't take on any new assignments. And the only issue is now you are actually also busy and overwhelmed and can't reasonably take on any new assignments. Apparently, that's a common predicament that people find themselves in. So in the Harvard Business Review, there was a school, uh, a professor, Ashley Williams, who coined the term future time slack and basically it's believing that you will have more time in the future than you do in the present and they say that's why many of us are inclined to postpone commitments for weeks or months because we assume we'll have more leeway in our schedules in the future so right now today you may have you know your calendar's full you're just like overwhelmed and you feel like at some point in the future i'm going to have all these things cleared off my plate and i'll have plenty of time so you start postponing and pushing uh things to the future and they say that that's just like a psychological trap that humans typically fall in is that something that y'all familiar with is there a tinge of i kind of didn't want to do it and i didn't use the word no as a complete sentence so now mm. i'm stuck with this thing so i push it down my calendar and then when it turns up i'm like i want to jump off a building is that included in that too could be i mean i think that's a separate phenomenon but that's definitely wrapped up in there but i do yeah, I don't go ahead know that yeah i don't know that i work this way mm-hmm. What happens is I sort of have certain things that I know are coming up, especially, you know, at work or, I mean, there, there's always, you know, the personal stuff too. Like I know I'm going to have to go home for Mother's Day or I know I'm going to have to go home for Father's Day, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But at work, there are certain things that I know are coming, but then the federal government throws stuff at me that I didn't know was coming. Mm-hmm. So I know I do put stuff off, not because I think I'm going to have 
so much more time, but that this federal government thing gave me two weeks and I have to do it right now. And that's the deadline and that's what I have to do. Mm. I don't know that I think of it in terms of like it'll be better later because it's always – I don't – yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's more of a mindset of this is a period of busyness as opposed to I am just a busy person. So a lot of people think that, oh, these last three weeks have been rough. It's just because I'm really busy right now. But once I do all this work, I won't be busy anymore. And Well, like – like Koki has like a regular job and stuff like that. Would that be the mindset more of a person who say would be an independent contractor and takes contract work because you go, okay, this contract is three months. So I know I can deal with this other event like in four and that comes up in six months. So I'll look at that in four months because I got, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I'll have a clear table in three months from this gig. And then that kind of doesn't work out. Would that be more of the mindset of a person? Is this more about what it is that you do or because I don't think Koki's in a position to be like, let me shove this down like four weeks. I mean, somebody mm. could be dead. That's true. I mean, there are, if, I guess if you have a job where there are more stringent time commitments or uh, more stringent priorities, like this has to come first and everything else gets pushed later, where you don't really have a choice over when you do things, just that they have to get done. I don't like this story. It's just giving me feelings and it's an opinion piece and it's just making me feel crazy. And now I'm anxious and now I'm triggered and I don't like this story. <laughs> it's not... yeah, I was thinking this is it's starting to make me itch. And <laughs> Why is that? What is... It's just because I can't do psychology. Like that's the one class I mm. failed in college. And it just it's starting to make me feel some kind of way. Why is that? I don't have any feelings about this. What, what's what's got you, you don't all? Don't have itching? any feelings. Let's start there. That's the complete sentence. I mean, I have feelings. You don't want, They're you, you different. Don't want new friends. You don't want to carry money. Mm, mm -mm. Oh. Mm -mm. New friends are scary. I don't like that. You have to Whatever. be open. You mm. have to be open to new experiences. New. You only get one lifetime. You have to make the most of it, young man. Yeah, but awkwardness. Whatever. Not a fan let's of it. just not be old and black, June. Let's move. Okay, on. I'm sorry. Let me stop it. Let me let me put away my auntie hat. That's going to be a new situation coming up. Keep an eye out for that because uh, me and Andrea Morgan going to do some auntie business because we're going to help you youngins. Okay. I will just say, they though. Won't listen. They'll just push back. You know that. Right? Well, that that's true. So that is the new normal, pushing back. No one wants to it's just. It's okay. Yeah. I have a rocking chair that I can rock back and forth with. With the I told you so. In this day, because everything's fast, it's only going to take fifteen minutes. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, okay. So we've wrapped up the the stories that I had, but I think, um, Koki, you had one from the listener. Let me see. Um, are we missing one or two? <laughs> mm -mm. Nope. There. The next one is the part of the new segment that we're going to introduce later. And I think June had one about uh, a possible Ebola outbreak. There's an update on that, by the way. And then yes. you had one from a listener that you sent me. I have two from – actually, I, I now have three from the listeners. Oh, okay. Send things oh, popular. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I got one. This is very simple. Yes, you can now eat the romaine lettuce. Mm. No, don't trust it. Yeah, I don't know about that. that. The CDC let us know at the end of January that it was okay to eat the lettuce. As of the this end of January. This is why I like fat kids deals because you can get a hydroponic tent and get to working on your own lettuce because what? 
uh, I just don't know when all of the lettuce start was starting to be grown around cow shit. Like, is that just the new normal now? Um, actually, that's the old fashioned way. Oh, that's the, the fertilizer they use? The problem is, is not the cow shit. It's, the problem isn't... The problem is that if you eat locally, you bring home the lettuce, you wash it off, you're, it's probably okay. Um, even if there is some salmonella or E. coli on it, it's probably not that much. And all of these organisms have... Basically, you have to have a certain number of bacteria for this to be an issue. Okay. All right? If I go to my local farmer, I buy the lettuce from him, which is what I like to do on Sunday mornings, um, the likelihood that this lettuce has been sitting for five or six days where the bacteria can continue to grow is pretty low. But the way we eat in America now is we go to the supermarket, we buy the lettuce that's wrapped in the plastic. You don't know where it came from. You don't know how long it took to get to you. You don't know how old that is. All you know is that it was in a refrigerated truck and it looks okay. Right. Yeah, you're going by your Um, eyeballs. So, I mean, there's a real reason why, why it's sometimes safer to go to the farmer's market. But, you know, that's not what everybody does. Everybody isn't able to have a farmer's market near them when they trust or whatever. Um, so you don't know how old that produce really is. So if there are five bacteria on the lettuce and you bring it home and you wash it, you're probably not going to eat any of them. Mm. But if it's a week old and now there are 50, now we've gotten to the point where for some bacteria, that is enough to get you sick. Mm. Like if we're talking about a Shigella, Ten organisms of Shigella will lay you out. Wow. And I can't wash that off? What is happening? What are you saying? What about that stuff that they sell in the store that you're supposed to wash your vegetables with? And what about a salad spinner? Can I help myself? What's happening? No, not really. Fruit wash won't clean it off? wash it, but if you're buying stuff to clean your vegetables, just don't. Mm. Cold water, sometimes soap, which is what I use when I buy from the farmer's market because their their food tends to be a little dirtier. Um. But yeah, no. Oh no. Do not be fooled by this vegetable wash. That's they take your money. That's what that is for. I can uh. soak my lettuce in dawn, like sure, people just do not the a ducks. Whole lot of it. <laughs> oh, so just Real. a little bit, just to lift off, I guess that sheen yeah, of muck bit. and dirt. And you, do, you, you need to do it in cold water because if you try to wash your lettuce with hot water, what happens? You cook it. It wilts. Yeah. So, no. but yeah, and I've it, been I've been doing that for years. <laughs> Mm. So, Although I don't use Dawn because it tears my skin up. So one one question is, so when I was in New York, most people would, that around me at least, would buy their fruit from like fruit stands or like the, the local bodegas. Is that any safely, more safely sourced or is it about the same way? Well, you'd have to ask them where they get their stuff. I mean, mm. you know, sometimes... I will say this in those spaces, sometimes it's not even about that. It's about the utensils they use to chop things up. And if they're not the cleanest, they're cutting through the rind that could be contaminated into the melon. And next thing you know, boom, my sister's a, she passed a food handling course with flying colors. She's a real stickler about food safety. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these okay. bodegas. Listen, you got a bodega cat. No, thank you. Yeah, but I mean that's to keep the mices out, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, that's, and that's and better. out of my lays, out of my lays. That's all I want there. Mm. 
Uh, okay, so we've answered that one listener letter. They can now eat their romaine lettuce salad, I suppose, supposedly. Uh, what was the next one? Okay, so Hannah Metzola, who I believe comes from uh, Twib Nation. I think I recognize her from quite some time ago. Mm-hmm. She wants to know if you can take young people's blood and feel better. Um, how does she mean take? As in a startup called Ambrosia Medical that charges $8,000 to fill your veins with the blood of young people plans to launch its first clinic in New York City at the end of this year. Okay, well, hold on. Let me just make sure I'm understanding the process correctly. So, young person A donates their blood to this whatever place. Ambrosia Medical. Ambrosia Medical. And rich person B gets an infusion of that blood, presumably the same blood type, and they're supposed to feel better. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Okay. And this is basically one step removed from vampirism. Am I right? Uh, well, vampires actually drink the blood, so... Okay. All right. Fair. 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 Um, so, yes, you may go back to uh, answering this question now. That, that I, think, I think I understand what's going on. Yeah, I just... This don't... is going to be an ethical... Mm. nightmare mm-hmm. in about 25 minutes because what happens when that first donor group of blood because I, I don't know where they got that from mm-hmm. you know where are you getting this young people's blood quote unquote to give to the old rich people because at that money I'm not getting that done and who's regulating how much the person a can sell or donate who determines that if I want to sell four pints of my blood who's determining whether or not they can buy that or if they should buy that. Okay. Can we just go back to the science of this before oh, we start okay. doing right. the policy? Okay. Oh. Yeah, that's okay. fair. Okay, fair. sorry. Fair. Um, but mm-hmm. where did you, uh, okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's nothing that indicates that this shit will work. <laughs> <laughs> so we, 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 we jumped ahead. Is that the problem? You just jumped <laughs> We were like, and this is why we need to elect. Okay, go. I need y'all to stop being so whole teppy right now. Listen, 23andMe went for a long time for somebody caught on. I'm Mm -hmm. just trying to get ahead of the problem. Because no one actually is listening for the sciences. Mm Yeah, well, that's why I'm here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So here's the thing. When you get a blood transfusion, it's because you're low on blood. Either you've bled out, you had an accident, you had a surgery and you lost blood, or, you know, in, in many other cases, like you've got, you've got cancer and the, your blood is feeding the cancer rather than the rest of you. Like there are reasons why you need to have a blood transfusion. Young people tend to be healthier than older people, but there just doesn't seem to be a reason why you would do this. So you wouldn't even. I want to freshen up my old blood, though. It's kind of stale. I've had it for like 50 years now. I was was thinking about the placebo effect. Are they essentially paying for a placebo effect then? Because maybe they do feel better. Um, I think, obviously, if you're anemic and you get more blood, you will feel better. Mm. But they started this startup based on some mouse results. And, yeah, like the... 
this is a business insider thing. So I'm already annoyed by the whole situation. Plus, the guy is like a Stanford grad, and I'm still mad at Elizabeth, the scammer. So I just don't, yeah. Um, The clinical trial had 81 people in it. Which is okay. some bullshit right there. <laughs> That's like a bus full of people in DC. It's like you all on this bus. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, and they paid eight thousand to do it. I just don't even under. I don't understand. I- <laughs> it's this is what happens. I think when you do have an increasing um, separation of those with and those without the people who have some means are always constantly trying to find the craziest, most unique way to extract money from those few people who have so much because they're looking for ways to spend it. They're looking for ways to, you know, live longer and be healthier. And so you're just trying to extract money from them because they have it all. You don't worry about the public good because I only need like 10 rich people to buy this, you know, three times a year and I have a business. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just, that's the the incentives are that set up that way. But if you've ever walked your way through a blood donation, mm-hmm. like, I guess $8,000 is about right because you have to have somebody draw the blood. Mm-hmm. Like, you, if you've gone somewhere, you know how that works. Mm-hmm. But you don't see what happens after you get up, you eat your cookies, and you go home. So after that, there's all kinds of testing that has to be done. They have to pay those people. They're not doing it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, the blood has to be stored. And, you know, you can store blood for something like 56 days or I think depending on what you use to to keep it from clotting, it may be a little bit longer than that now. But so what was in the young blood may not even be there by the time you get to it. Oh, Um, Hmm. you no one ever gets whole blood. We never do that. So what you get is packed red cells. Sometimes what you get is the, the fresh frozen plasma from, you know, what they spun off. Like, there's so much stuff that happens. They, mm. can't, they can't even explain to you what it is that's supposed to make you feel better. Yeah, this is some nonsense. So, <clears throat> is there any safety implications? Like, maybe, okay, so maybe it doesn't work, it doesn't do anything, but is it at least safe? Um, okay, so blood donation is already pretty well worked out. So how to do it safely, sure. Here's the problem. If you already have plenty of red blood cells, having more red blood cells is not good. We've all heard of things like blood thinners. If you overload yourself with red blood cells, that's not always a good thing. Oh, okay. So no, it's not all, you know, the, the fact that you can transfuse blood is one thing. But unless they're doing an exchange where they take a unit of your old tired blood out and give you the young, fresh, new cheerleader blood, and then, you know, you're supposed to feel better, that's one thing. But they don't even say anything about that. Just, we're going to give you some new blood. Yeah, and this is this is the same way I feel about, like, any type of health or um, medical procedure that is done voluntarily for profit i always feel like the incentive structure is just way too fucked up because if rich person a walks in and says yeah i want a pint for eight thousand and you give it to them and then they come in two days later and say i want two pints 
Now you're going to say, we're, we can't do that. We're not going to take your money. Who's the one who steps in and, to make that ethical decision? So, Well, but I think mm. if you're doing it for profit, that there is no ethical. Everything about business is about making money. That's why your average blood banks these days are not profit centers. Mm. Hmm. I'm going to get you a black turtleneck, Koki, and then you're going to do a TED Talk on something so that we can come up with something so scammerific because mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. sounds very scammerific. It is very scammerific. Um, it sounds like people but, are highly gullible, and yes, we should just get you a black turtleneck and get this money because fuck it. If they're, no, if they're giving it away, what you have to do is find a pretty little white girl to do it because no one will listen to me. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, don't listen to any of this, us on this call. So, <laughs> actually, well. this this question came from Alicia M. Snow. Mm-hmm. She Hi, asked Alicia. Us that, so, thank you, Alicia, for the, for the question. All right. Okay. Are, is she young? Can I get her blood? What's happening? Uh, Is she donating blood? Follow her on Twitter, and then you can ask her all these questions. Okay. Oh, okay. So now you're—it's like you're telling me to Google too. You know, you're giving me too much work to do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to start charging you. The hell? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. And so, and we have one more listener question. I can't believe this. I'm like so excited that people actually listen to us and ask questions. I know. Yeah, that makes sure I have to get it right. Um, so this is from Hannah Metzola, mm-hmm. who is an MD. Okay. And she says she wants to know about the CRISPR babies. She mm-hmm. says to know for sure that the gene editing does protect from HIV, will the babies be infected with HIV sometime soon? So and wait, why would we infect them with HIV? So remember, the point of the little Chinese CRISPR babies was that I think the father was HIV positive and they wanted to change that gene that produces the protein that allows HIV into the cells. Mm-hmm. So that was the point. They were, gonna, they were going to render them resistant to HIV. Okay. But what Hannah knows and what many scientists knows, especially when it comes to infectious disease, is that you have to fulfill Koch's postulates. So... First, you observe the disease. You observe that there should be an infectious agent, and the infectious agent causes the disease. If you have a person without the infectious agent, you shouldn't have a disease. Right. So you have to isolate the infectious agent, and then you take the infectious agent, and you put it into a naive host, and you reproduce the disease. Uh, hold up. Hold on there. Um that sounds like all sorts of ethics violations. Is that how they actually do it? That is actually how we do it. I mean, that's the point. How do you prove that this bacteria caused this infection or this virus caused this infection? This is standard uh, bacterial pathogenesis from the 1800s. So, Everybody okay. does this. Okay, we don't wait, do wait. it in people. Oh, you left that part out. Okay, go ahead. That, that's where I was confused. I'm like, hold on a second. You mean to tell me that if we find some new wacky condition caused by a bacteria in order to confirm that we have to put it in a safe un you know infected person do you know what vaccine trials are <laughs> you, but do yeah, you understand you, the but concept you, yeah but you put it in people who already have the disease and they no volu- that is not what a vaccine trial is like wait 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 i thought that in order to sign up for a vaccine trial oh wait wait vaccine oh okay now I, yeah i see that now i get it yeah Oh. So anyway, but so here's the thing. 
there are many infectious agents for which the four Koch's postulates have not been fulfilled because it would be unethical to do it. Mm. So if you have an HIV trial, no one is giving you pure HIV to challenge you after you've had the vaccine. Mm. Nobody could ever. Yeah. So there are some infections for which we have not fulfilled that. We think we know. We're pretty close to being sure. But who is going to sign up for that trial? Please give me the HIV. Yeah. No one. Right. Mm. So there are there are some diseases for which we have not been able to prove this definitively. So what what Hannah is asking is, all right, so we we've done this backwards. We have we have decided to get rid of the the receptor that brings in HIV to the cell. But to prove that this actually works, you're going to have to infect the babies with HIV. Um, I'm going to say that's many kinds of illegal. Am I right? Well, this is China. I don't know what's legal over there, but. First of all, you shouldn't have made babies like this in the first place without knowing where you were going. Mm. So I'm hoping that they never figure this out. But I didn't expect them to be playing around with human embryos with CRISPR in the first place. So who knows what that guy will do? Well, first of all, that guy disappeared, remember? Yeah. I haven't got an update. I haven't got an update on where the fuck that that dude is. But he disappeared like a week or two after he released that video. And I think he's just in the the Chinese gulag somewhere buried under the floorboards. But um, hmm. yeah, Yeah, I'm also curious about that. And Hannah's comment, which I think is, is quite relevant, is there is nowhere in the world that HIV is so prevalent that every single child is automatically exposed to it. Mm. So, you know, this ethically, this was a horrible thing to, to do in the first place. But mm. anyway, we, what we have to do is respond to our audience. And so I, I, I did my best. <laughs> that was rough. Wow. 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 I just can't imagine who is the person who has to pick up the needle and say, I'm putting this in this chubby baby arm. I'm going to give them HIV now. Like who? mm, mm, mm. Well, my guess would be that they are. I mean, I've been I've been. Look, I did my postdoc in a vaccine development center and I have been part of vaccine studies. Mm. Um, And the place I mean, literally, they had a place where you brought the volunteers and they got either the placebo or they got the real vaccine. Mm-hmm. And then they got challenged. Like one of the big studies, they had lots of studies. I think I did one for Brucella, um, which is, well, it's not something that most people will run across. But I think they this was a, a um, an army study and they were trying to make a vaccine for for. Brucella for people who were in in theater. So okay. if you were if you were in, I think at that time it must have been Desert Shield. Oh, so Iraq. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this would have been in the nineties. Um, but they had a lot of cholera studies, and so what you did is you basically they would have a lot of the people who who would sign up for those studies were people who worked seasonally. So like if you're a if you're a um, construction worker there's a couple of months where you're not going to be doing a whole lot right Mm -hmm. so so they would do a lot of those studies in the in the winter time 
and so you get you get the shot or in in our case they were using a lot of um, oral vaccines and then you stay you come back and you stay over a weekend or three days or something like that and they challenge you with the with the bacteria and then they watch and figure out who gets cholera and who doesn't and so i guess they're at the ready if it does progress to cholera. There's, they jump in and they treat you for free, right? And oh, yeah. It. Yeah, okay. absolutely. As okay. a matter of fact, they don't let you out. Okay. They don't let, you, they don't let you out until you're no longer shedding the bacteria. And please don't make me have to explain to you what kind of samples you needed to figure out if they were shedding the bacteria. Okay? Wait, what? <laughs> I, I presume urine, right? No, darling. That is not Fecal what matter. is. <laughs> it, is, it, is it stool? It's, I wouldn't even call it stool. When you have <gasps> cholera, it is all liquid. Oh, no. Stool aid. Ugh, yeah. Gross. And so the lab that I was doing my postdoc in, it was also the lab that did all of the regular testing. <sighs> and cholera is not just you have the runs. Cholera is, let's put this uh, bucket under the cot that you're laying in. And we're going to measure how much comes out, and that's how much Gatorade and fluid and stuff oh, we're going to give you. Oh, no. Um, and so, worst story ever. Everybody has a bad lab story. There was a, a postdoc who worked in another lab, but he was, in the, he was in, involved in this study. And there was a lip on the floor for where you could close the door, and mm -hmm. he didn't know it. And he came in with a chitlin bucket full of stool oh and my god tripped. oh my god oh and he was fired and they just threw the whole lab tech away right they just threw him um, in the in the no, garbage he wasn't the tech he was like the postdoc but i i understand that he is now a lawyer i don't think he does science anymore wow that was the day <laughs> oh i'm in shock by all of that and oh my god oh that's just so gross i'm just uh uh because I, I can mean, see it in my mind. I can see. I can hear I can it. The bucket. I can see him going over with the bucket. I can. Oh my! God. I can hear the sploosh and the splash. Oh, mm. <laughs> just watch it spreading across the floor. Oh, oh God. I hope he didn't open his mouth. Oh, oh no! And then he slipped when he tried to get up. Oh. <laughs> no, he didn't fall. He just tripped over. Like he didn't go down. Oh, but the okay. Bucket sloshed. Oh, it's oh. So, do you just burn all your clothes and just walk home naked? Like, uh, oh. Do they have like a decamp decontamination chamber like Silkwood? Please. Um, it's not quite like that. What oh. you wind up having to do is autoclave your clothing, and autoclaving is like a really giant pressure cooker. Mm. Um, and that's we have that at the nail salon. Um. It might, yeah, it's, I guess it's probably a different how they machine. sterilize things at the nail salon. Yeah, that, that yeah. would be. But it's much bigger. Like, it's big enough. Well, Jude, it's big enough for you to get in. It's like a giant dishwasher, basically. That's no, what it looks it's like. not a dishwasher. That's it's what a it pressure looks, cooker. No, but that's what it looks like. It looks like a giant dishwasher. Oh. Hmm. But yeah, okay. so that, that's what you would have to do. But if you're a microbiologist, it's one of the things that you sort of think of is you always have spare clothes in your office. Oof. Like, I typically have had um, some scrubs, and often there would be some experiments that I would just do in scrubs in my lab coat and not have my regular clothes on at all. 
I'm sorry. If part of my daily job consists of pop, possibly getting sloshed in the face with someone else's liquid stool, I'm just rethinking my life choices daily. Just daily. A- after dinner or you know, during my nightcap, I'm just reflecting on all my life choices and what led and me And this here. is why you're not a scientist. You're just that not is, tough enough. Yeah. You're just not tough enough. I, I'm, you know what? I'm not even going to take that as an insult because it's true. I'm not tough enough to get sloshed in the face with stool every day. I'm not. <laughs> I do not have it in me. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, all kinds of stories. You just, you just. Didn't you have ready. a story about butts and pimples or something like that? Didn't you? Wait, wait. wait. I've got questions. Who did me? <laughs> See, Jude, I thought we were gonna get through the show without that, but it wasn't pimples. No. it was itching. Uh-huh. Since we talking about stool anyway, come mm-hmm. on, let's get mm-hmm. it. Yeah, let, 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 let's. It's just, all back there. Let's just get it all out. Okay. This so, is a safe space. As you know, I have spent the vast majority of my adult life in or around academic medical centers. Mm-hmm. And so as a microbiology graduate student, I used to attend what is called um, ID rounds. And so what happens is the infectious disease physician, so they're, they're doing their residency. And every week they would come out and they would talk about like the most interesting case that happened that week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was at lunchtime. So we would just go to ID rounds with our sandwiches and have them, they would show, you know, gross out slides of whatever this, look at, look at this gangrene uh, genital or whatever, and you just keep eating. While you're eating your cheeseburger. Got it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm pretty good at this. It doesn't take, it, it's a, it takes a lot for me to be grossed out by certain things. You know, I've seen all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You have not lived until you had to cut up somebody's respiratory sample so you could plate it to figure out that they have have like TB. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. I would rather do 20 stools than one recipe because they are horrible. Oh, okay. You know, like when people hawk and spit, that's a recipe. Oh, okay? yeah. I hate those. Mm-hmm. I would rather do stool. Anyway, so most of the time we'd go, my boss would sit next to me, like everybody in the lab went. You know, we were the microbiology people and we were doing pathogenic microbiology. So it was a good match. So we'd go and we'd sit and we'd eat our sandwich and drink our whatever and find out what happened this week in the hospital lab. And one time it just turned out that the guy was talking about this, this woman came in and all she could talk about was she had anal itching and nothing would stop it except if she sat in a bath with like Epsom salt. But the minute she got out of the bath, the the itching would come back and she didn't know what it was. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so they have to figure out what it is. Okay. So, these things last about an hour and I would say 45 minutes of it. They were telling you all the ways your butt can itch. Okay. Even I'm, I'm that doesn't sound that bad. It's starting to annoy me. Like, okay, can we just figure out why my ass itches and move on? Mm-hmm. So what it turned out to be was this woman and, and, you know, patients don't always tell you the whole story. Mm-hmm. But what she said is she was at a picnic and they were laying in the grass, mm-hmm. and, you know. So what? It what really? Whoa, 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 whoa! You just yada yada over a key detail. What? That they were laying in the grass? Yeah, you said, and you know. Mm. Did they have the sex? It sounded like well, they had the sex. This is not what she said. You surmised she, that she had the sex. She just said they were at a picnic mm-hmm. and they were laying in the grass. Mm-hmm. What it turned out that was wrong with her is something that's actually fairly common among homeless people <gasps> because outside. But 
I would say for you to go on a picnic and sit in the grass, this would not happen to you unless you were buck-ass nude. Mm. So what she had is something called myositis. Okay. The flies laid eggs in her butt. What, uh, what, what kind of wait, flies? Wait, 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 wait. CC flies? What kind of flies? What, what are we talking about here? Fle- fruit flies? What kind of flies? Flies that are outside in the summer. Flies, dude. House? Flies. Wait, you talking about a house fly? Like a regular yes. ass house fly? House fly. How did it lay wait, in the skin? Isn't the skin like a waterproof medium? Like how does it? When you see a fly coming in your ass, kind of activity was going on, and frequently women will get bruised during certain activities. Uh, she was doing anal outside in the park and she got flies laying eggs in her butt? Thank you, June. I, I was trying to get the that words. exactly what happened. <gasps> I'm Oh, <dead>. my God. <laughs> See, this is why I needed so, June. I needed to be able to tell June this story. So, wait, 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 wait. So, you... You were sitting in a room, a lab full of a bunch of scientists and doctors, and y'all had to piece together that she was getting back shots outside and that a fly wound up in the mix? Yes. This is for all you people who want to go out there and videotape yourselves having oh, sex outside so you can put it on the, on the porn God. hub. Okay, so how... The reason I'm telling this story is to show you that I am a fucking badass. No, wait, wait, wait. I, I still have you more. know that already. That's a given. But okay, let's talk about itchy asshole. Yeah, I have, more, I have more questions. Wait, so, but I'm not finished with the story. Thank you. Okay, good, good, good. Go ahead. Okay, All right. So, in most cases where this happens, and, you know, what happens when flies lay eggs is they turn into maggots. <gasps> we know what maggots look like, little white, you know, wormy things. So, that's what was causing her itching. She had maggot ass. Are you serious? Yes. I am serious. Now, okay, I blame the dude. How are you? How do you not see a fly? Hmm, he don't love My her. He don't love her. That didn't push out the maggots like that they hung too. around. No, because it, it wasn't in her rectum. It was just on her ass, near her ass, like an ass, ass, like her ass but cheek. Did, are we talking about an ass cheek? Washcloth and soap. Could she not have washed them off? Clearly not, June, because she was sitting in. In bathtubs full of Epsom salt for days. No, no, no. So, I no, was real dude. clear. I didn't say nothing yeah, about yeah, yeah. in water. I mm-hmm. said using a washcloth. That means you are actually actively scrubbing your ass. Did this one? If you scrub your ass, can you alleviate that situation without having to go to the the emergency room? Going, I got flies on my ass. Mm. She didn't know she had flies in her ass, June. Of course. I'm, uh, okay. Second of all, I didn't interview her because I'm not a physician. I was just there at ID rounds listening to the story. But the, so I, I don't know. The story still don't add up because okay, here here's my thing. Wait, I'm not finished with the story. No, yet. Can oh. you just hold on? Oh, okay, go ahead. All right, go ahead, go ahead. So the treatment for how you get maggots out of a wound. Now, and this happens, like I said, it happens fairly frequently with homeless people, long-term homeless, not sleeping in your car, but sleeping on the grates under the, under the, the overpass or something like that. So why you wind up like, if you sleep on the grates, sometimes you get burned. Okay. So now you have an open wound and that's mm. what the, the flies like to leave their eggs on. Right? Okay. So now you have these, so you can either cut it out or 
the flies actually don't like healthy skin kind of so this is why you know it's it's frequently somebody who's been outside and and not in the best health and bad circulation and all that kind of stuff but what they really like is rotting flesh you see where so this is going june you see where this is going what you will do is you put like an old steak on the wound and the maggots prefer the old steak to your fresh skin which doesn't have any problems in it at the moment and so the maggots will move from you into the decaying meat how long does that take i don't know a couple of hours so yes, oh, okay. the end of the story is we had to put a stake in her butt. I, okay, from the top, where <laughs> where exactly were the maggots? Can you clarify? Were they on a butt cheek? Were they in the hole? Were they? I I cannot because this story is like thirty years old. So no, I don't remember exactly when. All I know was anal itching. So I don't know if it was in the crack. Or it was near the crack, but anyway, that's where it happened. And the fly had to fly there, sit there for a few seconds at least, unbothered, for this to yes. happen, right? Because maybe she was asleep. You know, sometimes when you're finished, you take a nap. Okay, all right. Now, now it's a little bit clear. Okay, so that could have happened post-coitus, and she was just laying there, butt naked in the grass. Well, Got it. Got it. Now I get it. Did okay. you really think in the middle of it? The yes. Yes. People's eyeballs is rolling back and ain't nobody paying attention. And anything <laughs> could happen in that moment. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. So I'm gagging. I'm gagging 50 times. And I also feel like Dr. Pimple Popper could have actually solved this, this puzzle. Maybe? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just how... You, again, you have to address your life choices when you're laying in the doctor's office with a rancid steak on your ass. I feel like you might have to wash your ass so you won't even start off with having an attractive place where the fly would want to lay the eggs to begin with. How about just have sex in a goddamn house? That's lame. Uh, <laughs> vanilla. I, I'll tell you what, I never had to put a steak up my butt. Well, I mean, you haven't lived until up. <laughs> that woman has led a life. I can tell you that. She got a memoir. I bet you she oh got five medium posts. She Listen, work. she has stories for days. You get her drunk, she will tell you all sorts of things. The day you have a rancid steak on your ass, you have you have led a life up to that point. I guarantee you that. Yeah, you know what? I'm okay with that never happening to me. <laughs> I can leave You're okay this with relaying that story though to other people. Mm -hmm. Is this now? Mm -hmm. All right. She made You she, asked for it. I forgot all about it. She, I didn't forget anything. I told you. I don't be forgetting these things. I love a good ratchet story. And also at the same time, we've saved a few lives. Let's point out how, shall we? There are people who are exhibitionists who now know they need to be a little bit more cautious for they have a problem. And, There's a whole bunch of people right now who's sitting where they asshole itch. And you know what? They the light bulb just went off and they're taking themselves to get fixed right now. Thank you, Koki. And there are people now who know that they have to brush their damn teeth so they don't get Alzheimer's later. We <laughs> save lives. <laughs> Saving lives. Mm -hmm. That's why you need to listen to this mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for you to take a bow. You should take a bow now. No, I'm done with both of you. 
<laughs> we sitting here talking about how you a badass and everything exactly. and doing everything but playing trumpets and shit. And then now you mad, son? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what you want from me. I'm just trying to be your friend and love you. <laughs> we just want to make sure you get your roses while you're here to enjoy them. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. 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 So y'all think I'm about to die? Okay. No, okay. No, no, we trying to wait. We ain't trying to wait till like a hundred years from now and be like, oh, remember when she told that exactly. funny story? And the kids don't even know who you are. They and they won't bother to Google. Come on, you know. You no know kids what? don't Google. I, should, I have a lot of these stories, so I should probably. We should probably make this a semi regular because micro Ooh. stories are incredible. Okay. Well, speaking of, I'm going to add that in the rotation. Actually, I'm going to make a note right now. In a, in a black turtleneck. Ratchet ass stories with Koki. <laughs> She's going to wear a black turtleneck. Oh, my God. Please do. Ranch and red popping lipstick. Ranch and stories with Koki. Okay. Well, while we're getting that queued up, I did wanted to test out a another segment. So, as you know, most of last year was Catch These Hands 2018, where the Animal Kingdom was getting their licks in because they were sick of our shit, tired of us moving, moving in on their territory. Still are. They still are. They still fucking us up on a daily. I, I, I have so many of those stories. But I wanted to move a little bit away from that, try something a little bit different. And I thought about the sta- uh, a segment called Hashtag Science Always Wins. Okay. So I saw this story, and this is what kind of, you know, germinated this. Um, an Australian man died eight years after eating a slug. Did he not have money and was hungry, so he ate the slug, and then it got him later on, because then I'll feel bad. But if it was something stupid behind it, I'm not going to feel bad. Oh, June. Oh, June, June, June. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the strange and tragic death of a 29-year-old Australian man had underscored the seriousness of a rare parasitic infection called rat lungworm disease. Yes, you heard that right. Rat lungworm disease. Uh, Sam Ballard of Sydney was at a party in 2010 when he ate a slug on a dare. That was a 21-year-old man, so he mm-hmm. thought that that would be cute to eat the slug on a dare. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. I just yes. want to make sure I'm getting this right. Yes, you are. That's, that's correct. Um, okay. We were sitting over here having a bit of red wine. Oh, having a bit of a red wine appreciation night trying to he act was drunk. yes mm-hmm. translation that's white translation they were drunk trying to act as grown up as they can and a slug came crawling across ballard's friend jimmy galvin told the australian news the conversation i'm gonna I, just stop right there i'm gonna need wonga to explain to me how common this sort of thing is well i will say if you're sitting in a backyard it wouldn't be that unusual to happen upon a slug walking by i don't think that but would be that strange it would be unusual for you to swallow it well we haven't gotten there yet koki slow down so okay the conversation came up you know should i eat it and off sam went that's the conversation came up the conversation came up you know oh no should i eat it and sa- off sam went bang that's how it happened so it it doesn't even sound like a dare it just sounded like he wanted to eat a slug or he was trying to impress a girl. I, I don't know. But oh day, days later, Ballard complained of leg pain and was eventually diagnosed by his doctor with a rat lungworm infection. The parasite 
Angio Stronglius Canton. Cantonensis. Cantonensis is harbored by rats and can be passed to snails and slugs, who in turn can transmit the worm to humans. So essentially, um, rats run through the grass, they shit, snails and slugs eat the shit, and then if you're Sam Ballard, you in turn eat the slug and you have the disease. Once ingested, yeah. the worm can penetrate the intestine, traverse the nervous system, and burrow into the brain's outer lining. Remember I told you, all of these infectious agents typically have a tissue that they like the best. That's called tissue trophism. The other thing about this is if it's a rat lungworm and you get in the way because it's supposed to be in a rat, there's no telling where the sucker's going to go when he gets into your body. Mm. The other thing is... The one thing we know about parasitology is to stay the fuck away from snails and slugs. That's always how they get you. Almost every single one of them, it was a snail or a slug, and it burrowed through your foot because you were walking on the beach with no shoes. Oh. And this is this fool put it in his mouth on purpose. And no, he didn't put it in his mouth, Koki. He ate it. Let's be clear. I put forks in my mouth. I don't eat forks. This nigga ate it. Ballard developed this type of meningitis called eosinophilic meningosyphilitis. Yeah. Which put him in a that, coma for 420 days. Yeah. So what, what happened? So eosinophils are a type of white blood cell, except for they're red, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are they are particularly the white cell that attacks when you have a parasitic infection. And meningoencephalitis is basically what it did is cause a bunch of inflammation in the the covering of the brain and the brain. And that's why he was in a coma for more than a year. Wow. Because he wanted to eat a slug I... after drinking wine. As a 21-year-old man. The fuck was that? Two buck chuck? How much were they drinking? It had to be a lot if you think a slug. Like, was there no we- food there? What, did they run out of Cheetos? I don't understand. See, when I was a kid and we found slugs, we you were put poor. salt on them. Well, you either put salt on them or you put them in a, um, in a pie pan with beer. What? I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Salt on ours. Why would you be putting in a pie pan? What? They die. They like the beer, and they all climb in there, and then they die. Oh, Oh. it's like a it's like a slug trap. Got it. Yeah, exactly. It's a slug trap. That's exactly it. But yes, I've also done the salt too. But that's what you, you don't decide to put it in your mouth. So you're, what you're saying is, even as children, you knew better than to put a fucking slug in your mouth. Yes. That, okay, yes, I understand. This this does remind me, though, of a really freaky encounter I had. I was in um, Cote d'Ivoire. I was working in Cote d'Ivoire in Africa. And I was walking back home from, like, the, it was like the local pub or whatever where you get, like, food and beer. And I was walking back. And I saw, like, some movement in the grass. And, you know, I was like, oh, shit, is it a snake or what is it? And I look, and it's these huge fucking snails. Like, it looked like someone had taken a snail and increased it, like, eightfold. 
and they were just like crawling in the grass, like a bunch of them. And I was just so disgusted. And I like skip walked home like, and I'm out. I won't be taking this route anymore. It is full of mutant slugs. And yeah, I just, I didn't, it never occurred to me in that moment that maybe I should take one home and fry it up. Yeah. Unfortunately, snails and slugs are, are notorious for carrying parasites to, to humans. And you're the accidental interloper. So if it's a dog heartworm or if, like this, if, if it's, wait, which one was it? It was rat lungworm. Mm. Most of them, they're looking for their particular kind of, of uh, cell type. And you don't have it because you're the wrong animal. Mm. So there are some of these parasites that all they do is wander through your body because they're looking for the spot. Ugh. So wait, can you explain, like, how does escargot work then? Well, obviously they grow them without parasites. I mean, okay, so they 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 raise them. Okay. Okay. The other animal too. Got it. Got it. So they raise. So escargot slugs aren't like crawling through the grass and rat shit before they end up on your plate. They're farmed. Got it. Good to know. Ah. Okay. So don't be picking up snails out on the street thinking you're going to make some escargot because that will not work. Got it. Thank you for saying that for the freegans that are out there because they might have thought that was a good idea. Freegans. You know what? I'm going to leave that alone. Um, So, yeah, I just this is going to be the the concept of the new segment. Basically, it it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But if you do some stupid shit, science science will catch up with you basically yeah, you, you can't escape it so it's better to just be aware and be more knowledgeable i don't but, like the name of that segment because i feel like we're all gonna die because when science catches up with us behind this global warming i'll be drowning here in harlem according to the scientists it already caught up with us that's the scary we're part we're all gonna be drowning so Damn it. yeah it's already happened they, they've said oh they, well they, go with the hashtag go with god see you're a go with god <laughs> go with i really god. can't be more than 20 20- 20 miles away from the Chesapeake Bay at some point. I'm, I'm going to be underground before anybody. We might as well just start developing technology to build housing under underwater, right? That, that's the that's the next best bit investment, I would think. Are we going to make people with gills? Yes, just like Waterworld. I agree. We should do that. Waterworld was like the worst movie ever. Life Listen. is going to be horrible. Mm, mm. Listen, people, at that time, we loved Kevin Costner. Remember, he had Dances with Wolves and could do no wrong back then. We were all, yeah. we all no, had a lot of wrong. still a crappy movie. Have you I'm watched sorry. that movie recently? No. God, no. Uh, it's uh, hmm. problematic. Sometimes it's... you just got to leave things. Uh, no, it's all problematic. Yeah. No, just, mm, it was a different time. Let's just leave that there. It was. 20 years ago was a different time. You're right. Yeah, and let's all just say we sorry right now. Just sorry. Don't even look back. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Sometimes We're different it's people. better. Just don't don't look back. Don't I'm just, go back to your childhood. Don't watch mm-hmm. stuff that you watched when you were a kid. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, let me just take this opportunity to apologize on behalf of Virginia. I, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I, I give up. Uh, it, history it, it, is catching up. Uh, it's just, mm. I tried to tell you what it was like living in Richmond, and you laughed at me. I did not laugh. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I said, really? That was actually my reaction to most of it. I was just like, what? That's wild. That was my reaction. I did not laugh at you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, so apparently uh, no one can run the state because everyone is garbage. So there's that. Um, but yeah. You might think about moving. <laughs> but yeah, so you can learn about um, you know, chain of succession and other such useful things by listening to Sunday Civics. 
mm-hmm. with our guest June from Harlem. Mm-hmm. We're on Sirius XM Urban View, channel 126 on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Or you can check us out on our website, sundaycivics.org. Or you can download Radio Public because, you know, they pay their content creators and listen to us there. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. Get a T-shirt, a reusable tote, a mug. Come on. Or you could be a Patreon supporter. We love Ooh. our civic patrons. Or hit us with a one-time donation. Either way, help support civics accessibility. And since Eljoy is not a knowledge hoarder, join us and help share the knowledge. Yay! Yay! We have yeah. We, you guys hit the big time. So you have your own like uh, station now. Well, not your own station, but you're on like actual uh, satellite radio. Yeah, we're housed with a lot of dope shows. Like you can turn in on Sunday morning and get like all kind of degrees and all kind of stuff all morning long. I really love, and then even all week because Kara Hunter be putting things on fire. So yeah, definitely, I love that channel. Isn't it what that's isn't that what AM's uh, talk radio used to be? It didn't it used to be. Yes, that? it used to be before okay. it got taken over. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I do miss yeah. those times when you could actually learn things. By, it's like I heard on the radio. You don't really hear that that much anymore. Yeah, NPR is still there. You can. I used to be on WLIB here back in New York. I used to be at a newsreader overnight, so I missed those times. So, yeah. I told you I lived like 30 lives. We need to hear more of those. I we... knew about the radio. That that one I didn't know. <laughs> we need to have you back on so you could talk about more of these lives. So we can, uh, you know... No, I'll tell us enrich the speakers over, the, over drinks. Buy me drinks, and I'll tell you some of these stories oh. are just for in person. And I will put, put a plausible deniability. If you come out and take me out for drinks, then I'll tell you. June, we that's had rants. We had rancid steak on ass during this episode. Ain't nothing you could tell us that's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna put that's us over. That's not even my worst story. Man. I know, right? Know. We had buckets of shit, and we had rancid steaks on a bare ass. It, it, it can't get much worse. This is a wonderful show. I love this show. I love this show. And which toothbrush carrier is going to come and support this show? Because they're saving lives and keeping us all from having the Alzheimer's. Oh, my God. I, I need to invest more in my toothbrushes now. I'm going to get like a really fancy one because I want to be able to. You don't need to... a really fancy one. You just need to change them every, you know, now and again. I just want to ensure that I'm able to remember people's <laughs> names when I'm 65, 70. Mm-hmm. I That's can't it. remember them now. So, well, I mean, I'm ter- I am terrible with names as it is, but you know, I'm just saying, I could be worse. But yeah, uh, in the meantime, uh, Cookie Negger, you want to remind the people where to find you? Well, before that, I just want to thank June for coming on the show. Absolutely, um, it's always nice to have her ask questions because she keeps me honest. And obviously, thank you so much for all your friendship and your support. But thank you, really, for coming on the show. No, this was a lot of fun. You know I love to learn stuff, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to just come and, you know, just hang out and chit-chat. That was cool. I love it. And you know I love you. And I love you as Mm. well. And I did miss having uh, talks with my ratchet-ass play cousin. It has been a while. No worries. And P-Funk, I love you too. I like to rib at you because you're like my little play cousin that I like be bullying a little bit. And then when you grow <laughs> up, you like don't exactly hate me, but you'd be like, she taught me some lessons. Respect. Oh, no. She definitely taught me lessons. I don't hate you, June. <laughs> oh, honey. Not that at all. That coin is two sides. I ain't even worried about it. Again, I'm old and black. <laughs> Shit happens. I, if I lived for that, then I'd be jumping off of buildings. These kids need to calm down, right? Oh, my right. God. Yes, please. <laughs> And it's not that I hate the youth. I love y'all. I love the youth. I always feel like I'm in between. I'm like, I'm not youth, but I'm also not with y'all's generation either. I'm somewhere in the middle. You are Gen X. Shut up. I'm not. I'm in the middle somewhere. You are. 
they you always. I was born. I was born in Donald Trump time. You better pick a side. I was. I was born in 1980. I'm literally on the cusp. Get over it. It's also the beginning of millennials or whatever no, the fuck. No, it's not. 81 is the beginning of millennials, but you claim whatever you want. I, I don't claim either. I really don't know. I have I have aspects of both, I, I admit. I do yeah, judge the millennials the hard. Of Gen but... X, you're the end of it, but mm. you're still Gen X. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as I get to be the same generation with y'all, I'm good. You got a little too much get off my lawn in you to be acting like your generation. Anything other than X. Stop oh, it. I do. You're right. Uh, I do want people <laughs> to get off my lawn. Ugh, you're right. Okay, Gen X it is, but <laughs> you can find you can find the uh, the show at uh, at you know molecules on Twitter. You can always send us more questions. Um, if we have any intriguing ones, we can always you know squeeze it into the show. So, any uh, curiosities you have or anything that's got you running around in circles, which like your head cut off, uh, feel free to drop us a line. Uh, just at us uh, on Twitter, and you can find me uh, at pfunkin around on Twitter. So, at Sunday Civics at Jumo forty one. Excellent. So yeah, catch me talks trash. Yes, catch Sunday Civics on Sunday on Saturday. Radio.